This is Clint of the Geek Dig Podcast, and you are listening to the one and only BS Podcast Network. Coming to you from the 15th floor of Alani Disney Resort and Spa in Koalina, Hawaii, with the sounds of the Aloyo Room from below, you're listening to the Magic Our Way Podcast with your hosts, Kevin, Danny, Eli, and Lee. Enjoy. Mahalo. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way Podcast. Podcast. You are listening to the Magic Away podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, in the United States of America. We are Artistic Bus talking about dizzy stuff. www.magicaway.com is where you can find us. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. And with us today, we have. Show me the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Hey, must be the money. Show me the money! It is Mr. I Know More Than Your Friends, Suck It Up, Tough Loving, Ever So Lovely, Travel Agent for Magical Moments, Vacations, Mosquito Killing, Date Night at Denny's, Benja Over the Chair. It is Mr. Beijing, Chloe himself, Lee, DJ White Cheddar, Noah Hasselvika. How you doing, <laughs> Lee? And damn, your name keeps getting yeah, longer man. and longer. <laughs> I know, it's like, it's longer than my actual real last name, which is pretty damn long. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to start signing off after his intro. <laughs> yeah, I know. We just I, I gotta I, we gotta do some trimming here or something like that. Maybe use some abbreviations yeah. now. Mosquito killing. Mosquito killing. It's cool out. There's no mosquitoes out there. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Date night at Denny's is still a thing though. Just ask his wife. Yeah, for real. Absolutely. Valentine's baby. 2018. <laughs> we're doing it. I'm surprised Bucky Lovin ain't going in there. Oh, Bucky Lovin. Bucky Lovin. That would be good. Might be some. There might be some Bucky Lovin going on for Valentine's. <laughs> <laughs> if you get that moons over my hammy, right? Really? Yeah. Well, um, as you can tell, uh, Eli's not on this show. He had an emergency that arose at the yes. last minute, so he, he wasn't able to record with us tonight. Uh, but that, it, it sounds like everything's okay. Yeah, everything sounds like it's okay. It's nothing, nothing uh, dire or nothing uh, catastrophic. Right. Nothing Mardi Gras related either. So he, no, he's good. No. And no fireworks. No fireworks burning his armpits. Either. No, so no. He's, he's relatively safe tonight from what we understand. Yes. But tonight, we do have a very special guest joining us today, um, all the way from the West Bank, the man from the Disney Nerds podcast. We have the one, the only, Jimmy Horn. How you doing, Jimmy? What is happening? Thank you guys so much for having me on and screw a bunch of money to our traffic. Damn, thank you. Amen. Because that's a pain in the ass. You know what's the worst? It's like when there's like North Shore parades. I live in across the lake. Mm -hmm. And so when they have to like transfer their floats across. Yes. It's, oh, it's it's a pain in the ass. (laughs) It's a pain in the butt. Because they go so slow and it's not like you can really pass them. No. Immediately unless you get to certain points. But man, it's, it's, yeah, Mardi Gras traffic's no joke, man. Oh, Mardi Gras is brutal for locals. I live in West Bank and work in New Orleans East, yeah. so 
it's it's a miserable it's it's a miserable ride home when Mardi Gras is not here, um, but it compounds it times ten. So that's your commute from New Orleans East to the West Bank. Usually? Yes. Oh my Every, gosh. Yes. That that's that hurts me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually supposed to be in town next week, and uh, my uh, my contact out there was like, "Yeah, you don't want to come into town next week. Just push push it back a week or so." <laughs> So what, for Mardi Gras? Done. They're expecting you to work during Mardi Gras? Well, I mean, I'm going to work during Mardi Gras either way, but I was, I didn't know when Mardi Gras was. I was just coming into town because I needed to do some work. And um, like I said, my coworker was like, yeah, you might want to wait a week or two before that, before you come out. Yeah, we could have told you like, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's bad. But yeah, Jimmy, we're, uh, we're very happy to finally have you on the show. I know we've been talking about doing this, and I'm glad this actually worked out really well. Uh, so you can join us in our conversation here. So well, I wouldn't you. say it worked out really well. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, circumstances. <laughs> yeah, we do was, hope Eli's family yes. member is okay. <laughs> yes, we do that. It did work out well that we finally got Jimmy on the show because you've been talking about doing this for a while. Yes, yes. And uh, well, it's gonna, I can tell already it's going to be a blast. Yeah, yes. man. Uh, we got our drinks here before us. And uh, today what we're talking about is uh, our reasons that the Hollywood Studios does not suck. Yes. If you're longtime listeners of the show, hopefully that you caught your ear. And yes, you did hear that right. Um, so we're about to get into it, guys. So enough of my jibber jabber. Let's go make some magic. And here we are on the hub. And as you heard from the introduction, uh, we are talking about our reasons for why the Hollywood Studios does not suck. Yes, you did hear that correctly. And uh, if you are longtime listeners to the show, uh, you, you probably got a little chuckle by hearing us say that. But um, um, Danny, you want to kind of explain uh, what our goal is today? Our goal today is to um, force ourselves to think a little bit outside of our normal thought patterns. I know we've gotten flack in the past from listeners of ours who do enjoy the studios and we like to make little cracks here and there about the studios. And I feel like it's kind of gotten to a point where people think that we just hate the studios. Right. And no, we don't hate the studios. I mean, it's just where it's at and where it's been going for a while now has just not been our cup of tea. So, because of that, we've expressed our displeasure with it. And I know to a lot of people, it's still their favorite park. Yeah, exactly. Or some uh, second favorite park, even. Uh, I don't see where that's coming from. But what we decided to do is instead of sitting here cracking on the studio some more, we forced ourselves to sit down and come up with reasons why the studios does not suck. Yeah, why we like it or stuff like that. Yeah. And this was not pleasurable for us. That's what I'm trying to say. We forced ourselves to have to sit down because it is not easy to look at the park in its current state and say definitively, oh, well, this is the reason why it's great. Yeah, to to your point, it's like, you know, it's not like we hate it. It's like if we, we, as you've heard us, we've ranked the parks and and the studios always usually MGM, almost said MGM. Uh, But the studios usually comes out last. And if there's a park that we had to skip, that's usually the one that we're going to go with. Yes, and it's yeah. not hate. It's more of an opinion of fact. It's just it is what it is. And I think what we're driving at here, and you just said it, Kevin, using the word MGM. Yeah. We used to love the studios. Oh, yeah, it was one of my favorite parks. Back Absolutely. When, 
it was probably my second favorite park. Back when it was MGM Studios, back before there was an Animal Kingdom, I was too young to drink at Epcot. Mm-hmm. Too young to have any cultural appreciation. Um, but you can watch TV and movies for sure. Going to the studios back then was something that you look forward to. The Great Movie Ride was all brand new. That was just an amazing piece of work. I mean, it was the first time you really saw people interacting with animatronics and animatronics not of just nameless figures, but of famous people mm-hmm. within the Disney theme parks. It really was a work of art. People forget how great the Great Movie Ride was when it opened. It great. It was great for a reason. Yes. The Muppet Vision 3D was outstanding when it first opened. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite, uh, and it broke my heart when I went back and I didn't see it anymore, was the Magic of Disney Animation. Right. Yeah, yeah. When I, I want to say the first time I went and saw it, they were doing work on... Um, I want to say it was The Lion King. I, I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. But watching the animators at work, seeing that film with Robin Williams... Uh, um, uh, Walter Cronkite. Walter Williams. Cronkite. Awesome. Back to Neverland. Yeah. And watching that film, th- that inspired me. Like, I wanted to be an artist. And, and by the time I got to the point where I was like, okay, well, I can apply to this school, they had already shut down this, that, yeah. that portion of the studios and yeah. sent all the uh, animation work out to China. But um, nevertheless, it did inspire me. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, the MGM Studios was a great park. A lot of the attractions they had over there were something magnificent. And I think it was right up on a par. But little by little, time as time has gone by, you've seen them chip away at what made the studios great. You've seen the studios lose its identity completely. You've seen them not update things, cling to old um, attractions that really don't fit any i mean indiana jones doesn't fit anymore but i i don't know i mean so point being is that we're getting a little away from it but yeah this all comes from a place of love is what i'm trying to say yes is that we used to love mgm studios i am glad you guys had me on this show because although i'm not the I, i think even when it was even before they started kind of taking it down it was probably still only my third favorite park but even in its current state take Avatar out of Animal Kingdom and I still would go MGM or Hollywood Studios, then Avatar is the only thing that puts Animal Kingdom above studios in its current state in my mind. Really? Mm. See, now I would put Animal Kingdom head and shoulders above without Avatar. Without Avatar. Okay. Without Avatar Land. So what is it about the two put side by side that makes you say, okay, so you got a strong attraction in, in Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. And rock and roller coaster. Rock and, and roller, roller coaster. coaster. Okay, keep going. Um, and that's, that's it. it. Well, that's about it. But what do you have? <laughs> you have one. You have only one in Animal Kingdom. Well, I don't know about it. you. Got Expedition Everest, obviously. Okay, cool. That's the but, big one. Okay, dinosaur. Eh. Eh for dinosaur. Yeah, I like dinosaur. I love dinosaur. A unique ride system. You don't really see that anywhere else. I mean, it's still not as good as the Indiana Jones thing in Disneyland. I'll, I'll say that forever. But mm-hmm. we have a version of that ride system moving on our side of the coast. Right. We're up, we're up to one and a half because dinosaur is not on par with, I would say Expedition Everest is on the level of Tower Tower and Rock and Roller Coaster. Dinosaur is not on that level. You see, now I, I would I would disagree because I think Rock and Roller Coaster it's a great roller coaster, but this it's a bunch of neon painted scenery. It's not really you're not seeing. I mean, they've got a lot of animatronics. Uh, the 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 theming I think is done better 
I would say on dinosaur. I would put dinosaur above rock and roller coaster. I know I'm probably if you're just looking for a thrill element. Sure. I think you're on the island there, buddy. I don't know. I think Kevin yeah, would. Yeah, Kevin's on uh, Lost <laughs> I mean, Island. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that ride system a lot. I thought it was very unique when Disney came up with that, mm-hmm. especially when put, you would put dinosaur above rock and roller coaster. Pretty yes. much, yeah. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, I would. Wait, definitely go against you. Oh God! But tell me this, okay? So, what, what is there about rock and roller coaster that you love? What, what do you see in that ride? Um. Well, going upside down three times is pretty damn cool. Okay, so that, now we're just born. So now I can go to Six Flags and get that same experience. Well, that's true, but you can't go anywhere else in Disney and get that experience. So that's 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 kind of separates it from anything else at Disney. You see, but where I would disagree was is that I would say that's why you go to Disney is that you're not going for those right. But how many people go on vacation to Disney and want to go spend two days at Universal because Universal has the things like Rock and Roller Coaster that you don't see a lot at Disney. Yeah, there's those people who do that, but I would say far and few between. I think most people go to Disney. I mean, the quality of a track, the quality of experience. Right. I would say. You might go ahead and go over to Universal for a day so you can see Harry Potter. And, and those things are in and of itself cool, but I don't think you go there to sit, to ride the Hulk. I think you go in there to ride Harry Potter. I think you go in there to see Spider Man. I don't know that you're necessarily going over there because you want to be turned upside down three or four times. Maybe so. Yeah. That may be yeah. true. No, it, it's yeah, it's a matter of opinion, obviously, but no, it, it's worth getting into because I'm always curious when we talk about that because I'm curious to see what it is, what is that line? Because I look at it, yeah, it's a great thrill attraction, but that's all it is. I'd rather the animatronics and the setting and the theming of dinosaur because that puts you in a whole mood. And it just it gives you things that are actually there to see. I mean, you can close your eyes through Rock and Roller Coaster and pretty much have the exact same experience as you do with your eyes open. Well, <laughs> In fact, most people yeah, do. That's probably true. I would tell you, though, the dinosaur is not a very long ride. And after you've ridden it so many times, I know exactly what to expect at every turn. Mm-hmm. It gets a little stale, too. And, and that's true of most attractions. I mean, obviously, but... I guess I just don't get there enough to have grown stale of dinosaur yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the, I'm the same way. I mean, for me, it's all about the ride, the the ride system. Now, I'll tell you what, you want thrills? What about Collie River Rapids? I'm not a fan. Not a fan of Collie River Rapids. My family loves that. We ride it every single. Not a fan of being soaked in the park. Yeah, it's, it's way way too short. Oh, it's brutal. Yes, it it's is. a long wait for that for the shortness of that. Ride. It is. That's, it, that's, that's my issue with it. Once you're on there, wouldn't you rather the shorter experience? It's like waiting to find out who's going to be who's yeah. going to get soaked. I mean, because you know, however that boat's going to that raft is going to turn, somebody's getting soaked. It's like Russian roulette, but it is. It's <laughs> Russian roulette in a raft. Atlantis roulette or something. The thing is, like Splash Mountain, you could go on there and get a little bit wet, or you could not get wet at all. Yeah. Um, River Rapids, you're either going to be completely dry, or you're going to be completely, completely soaked. soaked. Yeah, there's no in-between. <laughs> That's what we love about it. it. It's that whole idea of which one's it going to be. So, yeah, I get it. it. It is a short ride, and Grizzly River Rapids over in Disneyland is much better in that sense, but... It doesn't take that sense of anticipation is, oh, my God, yeah. who's going to get it? Not knowing uh, that. I can tell you what, though, fun. as far as like raft ride systems like that, I, 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 I'm I glad Dizzy did it mm-hmm. because, I mean, their theming just, you know, kicks blows everybody else's out of the water. I think. Mm-hmm. Five minutes longer, it would be a fantastic. If the whole thing wasn't just 
who's going to get wet. If there was more of a story line behind it and it was a little bit longer, I would agree I with think that. Right more. Oh, yeah, I'm, that's what that would make that what's make the one out of Disneyland so much better. That, I mean, there's that whole storyline there. It's couldn't awesome. agree more. Like, it, there yeah. is a storyline. Yeah, but yeah, God help you to figure it out. Yeah, I, like I if mean, you I, didn't read up on it, I don't know that you'd really figure out what the storyline is without reading up on. I it. I can't tell you at the moment. <laughs> Conservation. It's basically the cliff notes of the story. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's the cliff notes of great raft rides. <laughs> but. Yeah, we're going to get sidetracked. If we, yeah, go. Yeah. We, we could do this all night. And, and this one might be a fun topic to, to cover at one point. Yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to get Jimmy back on just yeah, to discuss that. But definitely. Yeah, we'll table that for another day. But yeah, we'll get back to the topic at hand. It was like, you know, we're finding things that um, uh, that we like about the studios, basically, uh, to kind of bolster that point. So um, who, who, who wants to go first? I would say, uh, if, if it's okay, I'll go first. Yeah, sure. Go yeah, first. Yes, please. You're, you're, you're our guest. guest. You're our guest. But, so, reason... Hollywood Studios does not suck. Baseline tap house. That's a very good reason. That was on my list. I've yet to go, but I want to. <laughs> I have been. I have that'll, been. That'll take me there for sure. It is. I mean, it's such a great... Look, it's not an attraction, but it's such a great, great environment. It's it's very, very cool. I was, I was a big fan of the writer's stop and quite enjoyed it. I'm happy with what they did with it. If I had to, in hindsight, I would trade the writer's stop for baseline. Ooh. That's a, that's a bold <laughs> statement. That is a bold statement. I love it, and he's right. I would, too. Yeah. I would just, would I, you know what I would do? I'd take the Trolley Car Cafe, and I would and merge it. put all the right, books there? Yes. Just do that, turning it into a more traditional um, bookstore slash coffee house kind of place. Because I do miss that environment of being able yeah. to grab a book, grab a coffee, sit down, and just peruse. And so I do like to... I love... Jimmy, did you catch the little hidden shout out to the writer stop in, in the baseline? I did. All right, you want to explain to him what it is? So basically, it is all the letters from the, the uh, writer stop sign... Yeah. Now on different shelves, but they're in order. But they're you know the W might be up on the top left, mm-hmm. and R is kind of down on the bottom right. And but if you follow it left to right, it, it, all the letters are there for writer stop. Oh, that's awesome. So just to kind of follow through on that, the, the theming. This might help you understand a little better. The theming mm-hmm. of the baseline tap house is that of like a, a print house. I, I want to say. You say something. It's an old printing press. Right? Yeah, yeah, an old printing press. In fact, I want to say it was a printing press that Walt Disney used to use. Okay. That, that yeah. he used to go ahead and make the mock-ups of like, they has like a Fantasyland attraction poster of, um, uh, I believe it's the one Monster of the Whale, uh, Storybook Land, right? Yep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So they have various instruments of uh, that mm-hmm. you might find a person. So they have typesets everywhere. And so you, what you see is uh, just letters. Just if you don't, Pay attention. Like if you're just looking in segments, you won't notice it. But when you step back, it's kind of like the Kaiser Soze scene and Usual Suspects, mm-hmm. and you see it as a whole. You realize those letters spell out the writer stop, and it was really, really cool the way they did that. That's pretty neat. It is. It is. So Dude, that would take me to the years. I want to go see that. Oh, it, you'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. It's, they have charcuterie over there. They have pretzels. They have this nice brick building that just stands out with this beautiful terrace that's lit up at night underneath a tree. It's gorgeous. They had some great beers. I mean, I I, I fell in love. They had a, a blood orange cider on tap that I got. I'd never had before. And it was like, 
I'm, I just wanted to try something obscure. And as soon as I took one step of it, loved it. So these are brewed specifically for that brewery? Or no, you can find or... it. Like when I got back in, you know, Dornyaks yeah. is my go-to stop for like obscure stuff that I find at Disney that I can't find we anywhere else. We got that. <laughs> yes, they got that. They had the blood orange cider. It was in bottle form though, yeah. not on tap. Not quite the same taste, right. but still very enjoyable. Florida beers, I believe. Florida beers, okay. I think they're all Florida beers, uh, but the outside is fantastic. There's there's a bunch of picnic tables out there, basically with umbrellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Daniel said, there's a big tree in the middle that has a table, kind of a table that goes all the way around it, yes. and it's all lit with like strong like Edison lighting. Yes. Oh, that's cool. It's, now it's very very cool. When Eli and I went, it rained. For a portion of time while we were there, and that's the one drawback, is that it's a very small place. And when it rains, that outside area gets eliminated. Everyone files into the into the main bar itself. Mm-hmm. Not only just the people who are there, but passerbys are just looking to get out of the rain. And it gets elbow to elbow in there very quick. It's yeah. not a very large place. But uh, it's a very... There's not too many standalone bars in Disney. Right. And so to have this there, uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I was already prejudiced going into there because I was a huge Ryder Stop fan. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I figure that's gonna be bigger than Lafitte's Black Blacksmith Shop, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a couple of those back to back or something like that. Oh, yeah. stack them on top of one. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So uh, uh, I'll go ahead and go with the next one because this one kind of ties into what y'all been talking about. But mm-hmm. uh, and this is probably uh, no surprise to any of the listeners, but um, one of my favorites at the studios is the carrot cake cookie. Of course. You know, I was going to lump all my food together, but I figure, you know, since that's even in one of our logos, mm-hmm. <laughs> me holding a carrot cake cookie, I mean, I'd be remiss to say, you know, I love that. I love that thing. I, as sweet as that sucker is, man, I, I, I will get one each and every time if I, whenever I make it over to the park. So now help me out here. Okay. So now that was famous for being sold. Now I had that with you one time, like you're a big, I'm not as big of a sweets fan as you are, mm-hmm. but when we went to the writer's stop, that's where we had the carrot cake cookie yes. and we had it and God, the thing was huge. I had a small bite immense, yes. and that was enough. Where do they sell it at now? Uh, sweet spells, if I remember correctly. Oh, yes. really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so they moved it over there. They didn't get rid of it. So thankfully. <laughs> And is it still served like cold like they did at the writer stop too? Yeah, it's in the cooler. Yeah, yeah. Man, that, that was the best part to me. It was like it was so hot when I had it and it was just like it just was like a little piece of like cold, cold heaven. Cold cold heaven. I like that. Cold heaven. All right. It's, yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, without a doubt, carry cake cookies. And that's the favorite. only place on property you can get it. The studios. I, that's the only place I know. I haven't been able to find it anywhere else. Yeah, I have yeah. never stumbled across it. But then again, like I said, I'm not a sweets fan, so I necessarily don't go looking for it. But which I'm glad. I mean, they can leave it there. I mean, that's that's you know, if if there's one place I know I can find it, mm-hmm. it's at the studios. And by God, if I'm there, I'm going to get one. <laughs> you know, that's uh, it's definitely a shareable item too. I don't know if I could eat. I love it, and I don't know if I could eat like one by myself. Yeah, I tried that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that very it's very big. Talk about a sugar down. And yeah. I kind of ended my day there. I was just sitting on a bench like, oh, uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have eaten so much. <laughs> I ate the whole thing. It was so good on my lips going down. Oh, my God, it was so tasty. But no, now I'm paying for it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was good. <laughs> but I won't do that again. Yeah, no. I'll, I'll be, if you, if yeah, that's that's a tough. That could be a meetup. 
Not eat, a, eat a whole carrot cook cookie meetup. No, no, dude. You you do a meetup and you feed. You're like Jesus with the loaves of bread. One carrot cake cookie and you're feeding the masses. <laughs> done the Beverly challenge. Uh, on you know some of our people on the podcast have gone down and done different. I did 15 shots of Beverly on my own. Woo! And right now, right now the record's at 20. So I haven't. I, I've been down since then, but I'm like. I don't know if I can do 21 and feel good about it. Oh my God, that's a lot. There's a secret yeah, to that. Uh, yeah, just add, say, we, we know the secret. Yes, just add uh, Jim Beam Apple. <laughs> Goes down <laughs> smooth, man. You never love Beverly so much. Beverly and Beam. Beverly and Beam. Thank you, Fish Sean Wu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to get into my reason why, and um, this is a huge reason for me why the studios, and, and I, I know our, everybody already knows what I'm going to say anyway, so that's why I might as well just get it out of the way while we're... Well, it's like me with a character cookie. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're getting the obvious ones out of the way. Muppet Vision 3D is is quite possibly a perfect attraction in every way. It is my favorite. I got to put it in the top five, possibly top three attractions in all of, of all Walt Disney, Disney World? World and Disneyland. Interesting. I'll put Disneyland in that as well. It's the la- it's the last project Jim Henson worked on to completion. I mean that that sucker has as a, as a huge Muppets fan to hear the original voices of the Muppet performers guys who have passed on and and and, um, and Jim and, and and Richard Hunt and uh, Jerry Nelson to hear their voices every single time you go into that attraction to blend I mean it's really it's it's in my mind and I, I'm I struggled to think of it has was there ever a 4d show before there was the Muppets I'm trying to think. I, I think that was the first one. I'm I mean, I know, I know, uh, yeah. Michael Jackson. That was 3D, but with 4D, right? A 4D show before they were the Muppets. The Muppet, it, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's so perfect. The audience, huh? Honey, Muppets I shrunk. Or Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Now, I think Muppet Vision yeah. came first. I think Muppets was. I was asking. I wouldn't show. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm I'm ninety percent sure Muppet Vision came first. But anyway, so we're taking an attraction there. You're blending. This f- wonderful film with the original Muppet performers, Jim Henson, are the Walt Disney of our time, worked on this thing personally. You have 4D effects to go with it. You have live performers and audio animatronics playing. You have, you're sitting in a theater, a faithful recreation of the Muppets theater that blows up around you. <laughs> uh, it, it couldn't be any more well done as an, as an attraction. I mean, even the gift shop at the end where you walk out and it's a perfect recreation of the happiness hotel and you have a special appearance in there by the uh by the electric mayhem i think muppet vision 3d is uh, a damn near perfect attraction so that is something to where i know and and they've screwed up the courtyard but the courtyard was one of my favorite places just go and sit for like 10 minutes and just absorb everything to, to hear that instrumental muppet music playing while sitting in front of that huge fountain with miss piggy and i know they've turned it into a planner i don't know i I know they're supposed to be turning it back no Uh, the fountain's back i believe it is back it is has it come back already believe the fountain's back last time i was there i found one back so if it's back now then that makes me even the more happier i know they messed around with the marquee and that's completely different uh but for the most part i mean i i really enjoy just not even being in the attraction as much as just being in that area in general um Good. I think the attraction is so much better since they since they redid it a few years ago and, and digitized the film. Mm-hmm. 
because it was getting a little it was getting a little funky there toward the end yeah it was a little but grainy the, yeah it, it had been, it, it worn down quite a bit yeah it brought it completely back to life though i mean it, it's it's like you know you get the same experience every time now yeah no that's good the psych acts and the queue and everything like that all that's oh my god i mean i i cannot think of a more perfect attraction um i would tell you the pre-show is every bit as good as the show. That's, oh, absolutely. Oh, right on the money. Right on the money. It's, absolutely. You know, that's how fine of the line. They're like, if you if you listen to that pre-show, you'll notice there's no Jim Henson characters in there because Jim died right before that pre-show was due to, to be recorded. Right. So wow. if you ever watch it back and you listen to it, and then, by the way, right after that, pre, that pre-show was recorded, you'll notice Richard Hunt's characters, uh, Scooter and everything, they stopped appearing for a while because right after that, then Richard Hunt died. Mm. So, I mean, it really is a snapshot in time of this attraction where you had all these brilliant performers working on it. And like I've said, three of the five are already gone. And they just fired Steve Whitmire, who was the unofficial sixth. And the funny, the great thing about the pre-show is that the humor still holds up. Oh, it's yeah. still funny. <laughs> and yeah. it's funny. Yeah. Yes. Very funny. I mean, even if before you get into the pre-show, all the posters and the mm-hmm. key under the mat business, you know, that's, I mean, it's just brilliant. No, the psych guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the Hammer Montana with the Hammer Montana. A net full of jello. A net full of jello, yeah. All that. Pirates, Pirates of the Amphibian. <laughs> On. Beaky instead of Wally with Gonzo. Yep. It's in, like, uh, to, to quote Eli, it's kind of like, uh, uh, where's Waldo? There's yes. just so many things to find and look. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you didn't. And it, that's the reason why it's so repeatable. The, you see something different every time you, you go in there. Mm-hmm. And and it's always a new experience. Even though it's the same show, you always find a little detail here or there that you didn't notice before. And it makes it worth uh, you know seeing again and again. Yeah. Absolutely. And since we're talking about it, uh, uh, Muppet Vision is three years older than Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Uh, Muppet I, Vision I opened in 91. Say. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience came online in 94. So, yeah. Awesome. Oh, Lee. Um, I'll throw this one out there. I think it's pretty obvious, but Tower of Terror. Yep. Um, It's not just because it's a thrill ride, but the entire, from the the moment you walk back into that area, the mood is set, and you're in a whole different world. Um, You know, that... It builds up the anticipation of what's going to happen. Is this going to be scary? Am I going to, you know, I don't know if I can handle this. And just every element of it, it builds a whole different. You're taken out outside of yourself and outside of Disney, even, and you're in a whole different. You're in the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. uh, when you go to that area, and and, it, and it's a fun ride, of course. Uh, it's a fun attraction, uh, but just, I mean, just overall theming. I've got to say, it's probably one of the best themed uh, rides uh, attractions in in Walt Disney World. Oh, right? easily, uh, yeah, definitely top five. I would uh, say as far as theming, I would say it's definitely the best queue. In Walt Disney World. Yeah. I uh, totally agree. The, just the fact that I don't have to choose between that one and Rock and Roller Coaster for my Fast Passes is a plus, Very too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unlike some parks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unlike other parks I could name. No, no, you're absolutely right. That 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 creepy jazz music, that, that shining reminiscent <laughs> yeah. music that you hear as you're walking through those overgrown gardens, as you're as you're making your yeah. way to the lobby, uh, the empty the, fountains, the, the yes, yeah. dust yes. everywhere. The music gets me. I love it. Oh yeah, it, it's it's phenomenal. Like the I said, cast members. I mean, the cast members. Are, cast are members do a great job. Well. Yeah, they definitely help make it. The lobby mm-hmm. is just. 
Right. Man, it, it, does it not set the the tone that you're? It, it feels like you're about ready to check into a hotel, uh, but at the same time, you're able to look around and notice like little elements of the you know the, the series of the Twilight Zone series. How bad do you want to step over the rope and just kind of go? Yes, yes. That lobby and just go look at all the stuff in there. Yes. I want to finish that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's it exactly. I want to sit and start playing that game, man. <laughs> Let's see where y'all left off. Let's go. <laughs> you know, you've got the uh, you've got the suite in Cinderella's castle. There should be a suite at the Tower of Terror. Sure, why not? You'd have a lot of people fighting over that sucker. I mean, you can't go to sleep until the park closes, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, why not? <laughs> One of the elevator stops could be like your room. Yeah, there you go. And so you just wave at the people as they're I'll be by. getting off like, here. Hey. Thank you. No, but uh, even the gift shop. The gift shop is amazing in the Twilight Zone Tower. I mean, have you ever gone through that, that thing mm-hmm. and really took, I mean, not only does it feel like a real hotel gift shop, they sell items that you would find in a gift shop. There's bathrobes and towels and, and keys and do not disturb signs. I mean, really perfectly themed uh, elements that, that they've incorporated into this Twilight Zone motif. All that- cool stuff. I love the stuff that's in there. I would also say, you know, we, had, we were talking earlier about writability and kind of getting stale. Um, but when we were talking about dinosaur and, yeah. and rock and roll, well, this attraction, I think they did such a great service to it a few years ago when they changed it up where the, the the tower basically chooses and it's it's completely random on the ride yes. you're going to get you never know what ride you're going to get yeah no that 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 i love that i love that they do that and i love that uh, i remember writing that for the first time after that after the tower took charge and yes. when you get to the bottom and you see the little swirly thing and then, yes. then you start shooting right back up, I'm like, oh, <laughs> hey, what's going on here? Well, this is not All ending, right. is it? <laughs> this is not what I remember. Okay. All right. We're not done yet, apparently. All right. That was when my wife decided to stop riding the Tower of Terror. <laughs> oh, really? When oh, it, yeah. It psyched her out? And that, she was like, she wasn't having it? After that, she was like, nope, nope. Because, I mean, look, there, there's an element of it, and that's the one downfall of the Tower of Terror, is that, look, it, the repeatability is not exactly, it's not like you just, oh, that was fun, let's get right back on. It's it's kind of one of those things to where, depending on how many times you've been dropped, you might need a, a little minute or two to settle down, depending on your constitution, I suppose. But that is one element of it that not everybody can handle, and I know my wife was not one of them. I was like, you know, <laughs> it, before, like it, it jerked, and it dropped, and you're like, okay, cool, I had my experience, and then it wouldn't let go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she was like, nope. She knew what to expect at first, and now she doesn't. Yes. If if my wife told me that, I'd be like, okay, so it's cool if I use your fast pass? (laughs) Absolutely. There you go. It's interesting, though, because my wife wouldn't ride it either, but she she won't ride any rides like that. She doesn't like that dropping. Oh, dropping thing? Yeah, Yeah, she won't. It's a, won't do that again. Yeah, it, it's definitely it's a thing. It's it's not something that is a, a universal experience for everybody. You you have to be okay with being dropped like that, yeah. and it's it's not a pleasurable sensation for most. Uh, <laughs> Lee, have you considered at least like go through the queue and and then exit via the chicken exit? So at least she could. Experience. Yeah, I mean, she wrote it. She wrote it once, but then she's like, "Okay, I'm good. I I don't so, need to do this again." But you're cheating yourself. So you've got to go through that fifth dimension without going through the fifth. I mean, that is when. No, she wrote it. She wrote the whole thing. No, no, no. I, I, I'm aware. That. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like that is really when the ride blows your mind is when that elevator leaves the shaft and you're going through the fifth dimension. Yeah. And you're like, without that element of the ride, it's OK, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what I guess what, no, uh, Disneyland, what had, Disneyland had. Disneyland had, yeah. yeah. 
Disneyland had it, and they were like, eh, you know what? We can change the theme. And, and that was my argument. Uh, who were we arguing with before about this, about you know, whether the Tower of Terror was a better ride than something else? It might have even been Muppets. And I said, look at it like this. You could change the entire theming over in Disneyland and still have a really great ride. You couldn't change the theming of Muppets and still have that great show. There is an element of it when you rely on it just being like a thrill attraction. We're just going to drop you a lot. Then, yeah, it, you, need a, you need that journey through the fifth dimension to make it something special. And that, that's what I think Our Tower of Terror did, that theirs didn't, that made it stand out as being something completely unique. I'll tell you what, the first time I rode that, that was one of the things that blew my mind. Yes. You know, it's like, okay, I'm in a typical drop. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm all into ride systems and stuff. It's like, okay, it's a typical drop shoot thing. All right. And then it started going horizontal. Yes. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? This is pre-internet. You're like, yeah. why is this happening? This yeah. should not logically be happening right now. Yeah. It's like, how do they do this? It just amazed me. And by the time you figure it out, they're dropping you again. Yeah. You're in another shoot, and it's like, what the heck? You know, I love it. That's, I mean, I love that attraction. That's on my list, too. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. It should be on everybody's list. Yeah, absolutely made my list. All right. Cool. Well, speaking of your list, you're up next. Me? Yes. Okay. All right. So let's see. Uh, we already mentioned Rock and Roller Coaster. That was on my list as well. Um, no, we me... didn't. We did not mention Rock and Roller Coaster. Oh, I thought, okay. We were talking about that for some We talked else. about it in terms of um, comparing it to Dinosaur, but it has not been mentioned as a reason that the Hollywood Studios does not suck. Do you want to? Well, I'll, I'll throw it in there. Yeah, Rock and Roller Coaster. Uh, um, I, I appreciate having, that's probably maybe the first inverted roller coaster in the mm-hmm. U.S. parks. Yes. If I remember correctly. And uh, the reason why this attraction uh, I love so is I remember when uh, you know, Disneyland Paris open or you're Disney back then and they got their Space Mountain mm-hmm. and that had an invert and I'm, you know, me as a little kid, I'm just like, well, I, w- I want a roller coaster with an invert. <laughs> can, we, can we do that here? And then lo and behold, here comes a rock and roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Had an invert, you know? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Not only is there an invert, but it's also black lit. It's in the dark and everything else. Mm-hmm. Very cool experience. Um, very disorienting. Technically, mm-hmm. that, that thing's called the Cobra Roll thing, uh-huh. right? Well, not actually a Cobra Roll. It's, it's, it's not a complete Cobra Roll because it doesn't go back. Yeah. It's, I forget what the term of uh, the coaster term for it is. Um, but I know yeah, it, it, yeah. It, that with the black and everything else, the flashing lights just completely disoriented me mm-hmm. where I thought I was going sideways, but I really wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, uh, it, it combined that. Uh, you know, I'm a, I like Aerosmith, a good fan of that band, you know, all through my youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed the, the music part of it. Uh, the theming of the queue just, you know, was awesome. You know, with the whole the rec- recording Rex, studio yeah, thing. Studio, and yeah. You can hear people recording behind the doors. I thought it was well set up. Um, the pre-show with the band, I, I you know, it was cute. I, I dug it, you know, especially with the, the, the wires in the shape of a Mickey, mm-hmm. you know, where they had it coiled out. And then, you know, you just go dump in the back aisle. You know what else is really cool about that in the past is I remember when I was younger and we and you wrote that mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Joe Perry says so and so can you grab my black Les Paul yes and they would have yes. a cast member run out and he would grab the black Les Paul and he would run back in yes how <laughs> awesome of a gig would that be <laughs> I would love to have had that gig I would do that all day right I'll just sit there and wait for you know for him to tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Grab the last ball. All right, let's do it again. So the removal of the shocker symbol has not diminished your enjoyment of this attraction one bit, has it? Oh, God, that was such a... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Money must have got bent on a sheep about that. You see, now, I'm going to go on record right now, and this is where uh, Jimmy is going to be right about me, where he's like, you know, before he said you stand on the island alone. I don't think I stand on the island alone and saying dinosaur 
is better than rock and roller coaster. I think there'll be some people in the island with me, but where I think I'm going to be pretty alone here is in saying that I don't really care about rock and roller coaster at all. It didn't even make my list. Yeah. Wow. Not a big yeah. fan of rock and roller coaster. I've ridden it twice and have been happy to skip it every time ever since. So usually, if you had to pick one or the other, you usually pick Tower, I guess? Oh, nine times out of ten. Like, So what do you, uh, what do you fast pass then? Because you don't like Toy Story. Nope. Hate you don't Toy need Story. Rock and roller coaster. Not a big so fan. So that leaves Beauty and the Beast and Fantasmic. I don't fast pass. I, 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 when I go don't. to the studios, I, if you've ever noticed as a, as a travel agent, whenever you fast pass the studios for me, I cancel them all. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if you've ever noticed we went, that. We went together and, and Danny got a fast pass for Muppets. I'm like, you. we stood on the left hand side of the hallway next to three people on the right hand side <laughs> of the hallway. That was a fast pass. <laughs> Fast. It's the principle of the matter, man. You got to give them your business to let them know that you appreciate something. <laughs> All right, that's cool. But um, no, I've just—I I didn't really write. I didn't really write down rock and roller coaster. Just I think it's kind of not that it's not that I hate it or anything. It's just what it is. It's a good roller coaster done by Disney, but and you think about that, the queue itself is not that great you've got the little show in the middle mm-hmm. um which is cool um you. you know you got a stretch i oh, may better make it a super stretch the whole everyone knows all the lines um the actual line itself is kind of cool you go down like an underground garage okay um the roller coaster itself is great but that's it really i mean th- it's not very well themed is a general statement the record studio um, it's got a cool, yeah, but I mean, really, is it? It's not. Yeah, do I mean, you, how many people really want to visit a recording studio? I'm kind of with Lee on this one. I get that. I get it. I'm not saying I hate it. I, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna write it. I didn't say I hate I, it either, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just saying. saying like, it's, not, it's not like, oh, I love agree rock with and dude, roller coaster. Huh? <laughs> I, I love rock and roller coaster. And I can't really say that I love it. I, I like roller coaster, so I'm going to ride it, but it's not like. Um, I'm not going to wait. If I don't have a fast pass, I'm not going to ride it. I can tell you that. Look, that's my attitude is, again, I, I don't begrudge anybody their love of it. I just don't get it. Like, you know, in terms of like a roller coaster, I think, like, give me a choice. Big Thunder Mountain or uh, Rock and Roller Coaster. I'm going to go with Big Thunder Mountain, y'all. I'll take both. <laughs> no, I got so you. No, no, no. This is Would You Rather. Big Thunder Mountain or Rock and Roller Coaster. Rock and Roller Coaster. Oh, I said I disagree. Every time. Kevin? If, I Sorry, came, thank you. if I happen to cross 10 fa- extra fast passes at anywhere in Disney World, I'd probably, me and my wife would probably ride Rock and, rock roll. and Roller times. Wow. So, okay. So, Rock and Roller Coaster or Expedition Everest? Whew. Fast pass or standby? Your choice. If it was fast pass, I would say rock and roller goes. If it was standby, I would say expedition Everest. Hmm. It's that's that. There's my sticking point. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying is that expedition Everest is a roller coaster done the way Disney does it. Rock and roller coaster is a roller coaster the way Disney does it. Disney didn't do it as well with rock and roller coaster. They did it right with expedition Everest. Oh, and they had, but I mean, they had a lot of years between the two to. to to, to do it differently no, um, I, I think the coaster is better I think Rock and Roller Coaster the coaster is better I think mm-hmm. the theming is better at Expedition Everest the weight times. tends to be more at Rock and Roller Coaster but if I have yeah. a fast pass I'll do Rock and Roller Coaster 
if I don't have a fast pass, I don't mind necessarily. Usually the line's not too terrible at Expedition Everest, and I don't mind waiting in that queue because it's a great queue. That okay. is a great queue. But point in case, just for you all to know, I brought this up on the last show, but both were built by Vacoma mm-hmm. roller coasters. So same kind of coaster style, everything else. Okay. Yeah. And right. there's no disco Yeti in Rock and Roller Coaster. That is, that is true. There's no there's a lot of disco everything else, but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say pretty much everything is black lit neon club level effects. <laughs> should have had a Yeti with a strobe light. We should combine the two. Why not? Rock and Expedition Ever. Oh, why don't we? <laughs> Dizzy, why aren't you doing this? Wait a minute. No, I want for, get the Yeti out of Expedition Everest. I want a, a Steven a Tyler. Steven Tyler. <laughs> That's scarier than any. My God, did you see him in that Super Bowl commercial? I didn't even recognize. Anyway, well, okay. <laughs> last, let me ask Jimmy one more question. I think he, I know what his answer is going to be. But okay, so rock and roll coaster or spaceship? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, spaceship, spaceship Earth. Earth. <laughs> Space Mountain. <laughs> Um, oh, so this one's hard? Well, you got two different things going on. Rock and Roller Coaster is a much better ride than Space Mountain. Space Mountain holds a lot of nostalgia. 1986, first trip to Disney. So, you know... It, I mean, to, to your credit, they're two different styles of coasters, so it's okay. Yeah, well, so the thing is, is that, you know, okay, if you're going down to Disney, you can only ride one. It would probably be Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. If the was, hey, you're down there, and you could ride one of them once and the other one five times, I'm going to ride Space Mountain once, and I'm going to ride Rock and Roller Coaster five times. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying that you enjoy Rock and, and Roller Coaster sta- more, but you feel married to Space Space, uh, Space Mountain. There's basically. certainly a connection there, and there's more of an experience for me personally with Space Mountain, just the queue and walking through and the smells and the and all that stuff. Uh, there's some deep nostalgia there that I quite enjoy, and uh, but I don't have that same nostalgia for Rock and Roller Coaster, but the ride's more fun. Okay, so what I'm hearing from you is that Rock and Roller Coaster is the the gold standard of roller coasters in Disney World. I would say it's the best. Yeah, I would say it's the best roller coaster in Disney World. Okay, Kev, what's that? What do you think? Rock and roller coaster, best roller coaster in Disney World? That's a tough question. I mean, I see where you're coming from. If we're talking, if you just stripped it down and put both those rides in Six Flags, put Everest in Six Flags, put Space Mountain <laughs> in Six Flags, then Rock and Roller Coaster wins. I like your thinking, Las Vega. That is very, uh, it's very well done. You take if you take away the mountain, if you put Space Mountain outside, not in in the dark. If you take a dinosaur and um, you know put a, car- a carny uh, cranking it out on the side, you know telling everyone to buckle their little seat belts and stuff, then yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> what <laughs> small hands. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, then if it's just you're just talking about the metal and the and the loops and yes. the, the cart you sit in, then the rock and roller coaster is going to win. That's what you're breaking it down to at that point in time. It's just like I said before. So basically what you're saying that, yeah, I, I feel like if you close your eyes on rock and roller coaster, like Aerosmith said, you ain't going to miss a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that's, it's kind of because there's not a whole lot to see there. Then at that point in time, it's just about rideability. And well, the coast, like, yeah, the coaster experience on the, rock and roller coasters. 
Right. It probably uh, supersedes a lot of the other coasters that they have. Exactly. I mean, granted, Expedition Everest, I mean, it's, it's, it's a similar ride system. Well, that's why, but that's why there's no wrong answers. It's, yeah. it's all about what do you prefer? Me, I prefer to see some stuff. Like, I'm not into needing to be whipped around and inverted and all. I'm not into that. Give me something unique. Give me something yeah. different. Give me, uh, you know, an animatronic. Give me uh, a story element. Yeah, to, like, to me, that, like, Big Thunder is fun. I love Big Thunder. Yeah. Don't reduce me down to that, though. I, w- I just want to go be whipped around, flipped upside down and all that, and then go see some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you want to you wanna get your Six Flags thrill, and then... Sure. All right, now I'll I'll culture myself a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> I love all the I look. I mean, the name of our podcast is the Disney Nerds Podcast. I love at, you know getting like into the details, nerdy. Yeah. Earlier, you were yeah. talking about MGM Studios. You're talking back to Neverland. Yeah. On our podcast, we interviewed Jerry Reese, who who directed that. Oh, get nice. out of here! Nice. We directed Robin Williams and Walter Cronkite, and Along with, you know, he directed more theme park attractions in Disney than anybody else. But that that's kind of like the nerdy details. But it's the people who enjoy that type of stuff are probably far and few between. I mean, I'm sure you guys do. Yeah. But, you know, some of that stuff that we do like that, that we love and we like freaking nerd out over, I think falls deaf on some of our listeners because they're more of the casual theme park fans and not the they don't want to dig down in the details if that makes sense let me ask you this you, you talked about that film I, I, I did have a, a bit of a, a question as it pertains to that film that uh, maybe maybe you might know the answer to having, having interviewed this man alright so I, I, I watched that film not too long ago just because again I'm, I'm a huge fan of that attraction and every once in a while I'll go back and look at old stuff like that but if you watch that film and, and Jimmy will probably know where I'm going before I even get there. There's a point where Robin Williams first meets Walter Cronkite. And Robin Williams is wearing an outfit. You want to Aladdin? Yep. Robin Williams That's- is wearing the exact same outfit. that. And yep. if you watch Aladdin, the genie from Aladdin is wearing that outfit. Yep. That's an homage. An uh, homage. But the, here's the thing. I want to say the stu- th- that film was circa 89, 90, and Aladdin didn't come out till like 92, so which came first? No, no, no. Aladdin was an homage because Robin played that role too. Right. That homage to Back to Neverland. And I think it was because some of the same people had worked on it. And that would make sense. And and, and that's what I would figure. And, but and I, that you- was years ago. So he did talk about that. He he told us about that, and I never put it together until he told us about it. He's also the guy that directed the Brave Little Toaster. Oh, so he came on after Lasseter. Uh, well, Brave Little Toaster wasn't originally a uh, a Disney film. I don't think. I could be wrong on that. I thought that Lasseter started off, and then they they canned him, and then they brought somebody else in. And that would have been, I guess, Jerry Reese. It could be that very well. That very, very well could be. Um, told, at the end, it was a couple of years ago we did that. Um, but he also, like, he did the 50 years of, he he directed the 50 years of magic in Disneyland with Steve Martin. He directed nice. Alien, or the pre-show to Dinosaur. All those rides he, he was involved in. He, very cool. He directed Claire Huxtable. We have to talk to him, yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Go listen to the interview and... Uh, I'll be glad to. I mean, I I chat with him every now and then. I'd be mm-hmm. happy to to shoot you guys, uh, connect you guys if he if he's got time. He's usually very very willing to 
to do an interview. Oh, sure, man. Well, oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah. dude. I appreciate that. And that'd be awesome. I'd love to talk to him. Because, uh, yeah, that's always been my, my thought process because I always figured that the Back to Neverland film came first. But you always, you always hear people talking about these animated films. I mean, with all the hand-drawn styles of animation could take five, six years before mm-hmm. they before they see the light of day. So I never really understood which one came first. Mm-hmm. Were, were they already shooting Aladdin? So they said, hey, Robin, wear this? Or did Robin wear that? And they were like, okay, so let's draw that into Aladdin. So I'm, I'm happy to finally have an answer to that. I thought... I thought very deeply about going to dress like that for a one of our Disney Nerds podcast meetups in the parks. But oh, nice. I wouldn't anybody would get it. <laughs> Just do it, man. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Flash bulb hanging around my neck. You've got enough people. I mean, it, I marked out when I went to Mickey's Not So Scary, and I saw a guy dressed as the dude uh, standing on the keg of dynamite in the Haunted Mansion stretching portrait. Right. I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah. oh my God, that is the most brilliant costume I've ever seen until I went about 10 feet and saw another guy dressed in the exact same costume and been like, man. <laughs> You're like, man, this played out. Yeah. What do y'all need to go home and change? Exactly. <laughs> There's enough of them out there. Yeah, they, they would have definitely would have known where that came from. I have the... Uh the parasol girl tattooed on the my back of my calf. Oh, get out of here. Oh, uh, yep. Framed and hanging in my living room right now is the stretching portraits right over our fireplace, and my wife keeps threatening to find a new piece of artwork to replace it. Oh, uh, <laughs> <wait>, uh, <laughs> <tell her> no. <laughs> All right, so, so we should probably let Lee go next, right? Because I think we... No, no, no. We let Jimmy. Jim, we Jimmy went Jimmy. first, and then yeah, that was where I went wrong. We skipped Jimmy. My bad. So we got to yeah. go back to Jimmy. Yeah, we'll go back to Jimmy. All right, Jimmy, what you got? Uh, nothing. That's what he's got. Nothing. That's it. <laughs> he's got rock and roller coaster. That's <laughs> what he's got out of fuel. Let me tell you something. I learned about the show t- like thirty minutes before. <laughs> 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 hey. You only got me by, I only got you by like a couple of hours. So, you know, even though I knew about it, I just started working on it about three o'clock. So, Take yeah, that's a great us. way to promote yourself, vacation planner. <laughs> hey, I'll work on your at the last minute, too. <laughs> as long as those fast passes is done on time, that's all they, they don't know the difference. <laughs> no, no, this was Jimmy was thrown. This is, uh, this is a Kobayashi Maru to come up with legit reasons why. The studios is something that that in its current state, not in what it will be, not in what it was, in its current state, why it doesn't suck is, is it's tough. Star Tours. Star, Star Tours. Tours. That's on okay. my list. Yep. That- Star Tours is completely adaptable. They can change it with the times. They added Crate the last time. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's something that can evolve with the times. It's still a fun ride every time. The queue is amazing. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. Over two and I, that's yeah. one of the notes I made is that I, if I don't have a fast pass, I'm good. I'll I'll, I'll wait in the line. It's not a problem. That's <laughs> yep. one of, that's oh one yeah, of just to uh, watch you know R two and three three PO just interact. I could sit there and do that mm-hmm. all day. Oh god, that is that is amazing. But having said that, um, here again, this is where you know before if I was on an island with rock and roller coaster, I am I am on the smallest. I'm I'm on an even smaller. I'm on a atoll. I'm on an atoll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on an atoll somewhere out there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, I gotta do it, man. I, I'm sorry. Frozen or something? Huh? Talk bad about them removing Maelstrom or something. Don't don't go against. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude, put me on the ice floe like I'm a Viking. Put me on the ice floe and set me out to sea on this. That's how far alone I'm going to be in this. Star Tours, it's beautiful. I love the queue. I could watch C-3PO and R2-D2 act all day, interact all day. I get on the ride itself. I don't do well in simulators. I've said it a gazillion times. Oh. They get me right up to the point where I'm like, I'm going to be sick. And then they finally stop it and I get out of there right enough time. I just, I can't handle simulators well. And this is why I'm not a big simulator fan in the park. It's just, I, I have that motion sickness thing. So mm. uh, that's, that's why. It's not because I hate on Star Wars. I, in case you thought that's where I was going to go with it. So that, because of that, I've never been a big Star Tours fan. So if the ride system was different, you if might the be rides, okay. oh my god, it's not that I hate Star. I'm going to love going to go see uh, the the Galaxy's new, Edge, yeah. the, yeah, the first order ride that we're that you're going to get. I'm going to love seeing all that stuff. It's not has nothing to do with Star Wars. It just has to do with that ride system and the fact uh, that. Go ahead. I'm with. I get it. I completely get it. My wife, my wife can't ride it. My wife can't ride uh, Mission Space. Um. So look, I get it. Yeah. There we go. I was I was worried about you know people being like, oh my god, you're you're hating on Star Wars. No, nothing no, to do with that. It's, it's just it's a ride, ride system. system. Yeah, that's why Star Tours did not make. Uh, it's one of the few things that did not make my list. My man, I, yeah. lo- I love the the gift shop for me. Tattooing oh, traders. Oh, tattooing traders is brilliant. Oh, tattooing traders. It's on my list. It's one of the worst things about it is it's so damn busy. You can't. Yes. It's hard. It's hard to browse in there yeah. because yeah, it's just it's hard to browse in there because there's so many people flowing yeah. in and out, mostly out of it because of the rides. Yeah, and that, that's my one issue with it. It's, it's so crowded. It I mean, is. It's. I, have, I was lucky enough to go there when it wasn't busy and, and there wasn't that many people dumping out of the ride. Mm-hmm. So I actually got a chance to hang out in the shop and just it's just an amazing shop. Yeah, it's I, If I had all the money in the world, I'd buy everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, they were stock, and then I'd go back and buy it some more. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Tried hard for a lightsaber, and my wife's like, and usually, usually I can get her to give, but like one of the like the hundred and fifty dollar like Hasbro, the real metal lightsabers. Uh, I was shooting for it, man, and she's like, I, I don't know, that's kind of a lot of money to. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> dude, you, you could stow away in one of our trips, man, and we'll yeah, like, we'll, 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 we're enablers, so we'll, yeah, we definitely yeah. are, and then we'll definitely buy this lightsabers with you. <laughs> and that, look, that's what I needed. I didn't look. She, it's not like she tells me what to buy, what not to buy, but I felt like I needed like a support because it's a lot of money for a lightsaber. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. I needed somebody who's like, yeah, you should get that. Yeah, but how bad is that? Yeah, do it. But, Look, you, know, you just need to get the one with the with it that vibrates, and then it'd be like, "That's cool, man. Bring that home. That's all good." <laughs> Jimmy, when I bought that stretching uh, that haunted mansion stretching portrait painting for the 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 or print, I should say that beautiful piece of artwork. That beautiful piece of artwork for the front. You know, it was about a three hundred fifty dollar piece of artwork. And as we're sitting there talking, you know, the the way it worked out is my wife. She had to get over to. Uh, she was going to what's the name of that place where they sell the Kate Spade. She was going over to the Kate Spade store, and as we're doing that, I was like, well, I'll keep my daughter with me. And I look up there, and I see the, the coming attractions poster for the Haunted Mansion. And, you know, of course, being my favorite ride, I looked, turned to my daughter and said, Lily, look, this, what do you think of that? I like it, Daddy. I was like, yeah, Daddy should get that too, right? Uh-huh. Okay, let me get that. <laughs> and that's how I ended up with both things and I came back to my wife and said sweetie is about a $650 bill uh, charged 
to our credit card and she's like okay it's fine because I just spent about a thousand at the Kate Spade store so <laughs> if you get her in a, a store that she likes and you get you in a store that you like and nothing but harmony comes from being in debt together <laughs> especially when her purse is a lot more expensive than your poster yes. <laughs> yes. two posters combined she could not fuss at me after that just <laughs> I bought her a one of the Dunienbergs while we were there mm-hmm. um and then I just ordered another Our anniversary is the, later this month. So I just ordered another one that I just gave her. But so yeah, I got, I got, I got a little, uh, a little, a little leeway right now. So yeah. maybe I'll order one. You're getting those uh, political books happening, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Get it before they stop making it. And it costs triple that amount. And you're looking at it in five years online. Like, why didn't I get it when I wanted to? Yeah, you're right. That's the scare. Yeah, that's the scary part. Yeah. They may stop at any point, but yeah, no, no that's, that's what Disney does. Yeah. That's how they make them collectibles. <laughs> Tatooine traders love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. So I'll, I'll go next. Okay. Um, wow. All right. I'm going to go straight to this one because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip my next one because I don't think y'all are going to pick up on what that next one is. But So I'll go into this one before anyone else does. The Hollywood Brown Derby. Okay. Yep. That's on my list. Okay. Prior to eating list. at Tiffin's, I'd say that was probably the best in-park dining in terms of a sit-down restaurant, like in a in park, yeah, yes, yeah, that yeah. I've 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 had to date prior to Tiffins, and I've only eaten at Tiffins once. I've eaten at the Brown Derby at least five or six times, and I love the Brown Derby. The food is delicious. Uh, the Cobb salad is out of this world. The ahi tuna was perfect, um, and and the dining room is incredible. I mean, y- you know me. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the first things I did when the Saints won the Super Bowl, I drew that caricature portrait of the Saints that yeah. I had hanging up in here until it fell down and broke. I love caricatures. I love caricaturing. And the idea of sitting in there with all those caricatures, even if I can only name like half of them, I love that restaurant. And you have this nice sunken dining room with these high ceilings and these big ornate booths. Uh, the waiters are all in tuxedos. I mean, it is fancy fine dining within a theme park. And you don't get too many dining restaurants in a theme park that are that good. Uh, it's Tiffin's right now and Hollywood Brown Derby. And I'm struggling to think of another one right now. Maybe Monsieur mm-hmm. Paul. Monsieur Paul was good, but it didn't have yeah, the theming. I, I actually had it on my list, too. Monsieur Paul? Yeah, it was a good restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on a, one of only two places that you can go have and dine with an Imagineer. When Eli and I went and dined with yep. uh, Alex Carruthers, that's where we went. When we went dining with the Imagineer, it was a, a Hollywood uh, Brown Derby. So to me, it, it's a must-do. If you're talking about dining in, in, in a park, it's a must-do. Yeah, I, I actually put just table service in general. You've got Hollywood Brown Derby. Mm-hmm. You've got 50s Primetime. you got Mama Melrose. Yes. Okay. So I've already eaten. you're ahead of the game. Sci-fi maybe not the top of the in, uh, of table service restaurants, but the theming double double makes up for it. Totally unique. That, that's yeah, why I put that absolutely. on my list. That's why I made my list is because of the theming. It should be. Yes. And yeah. Ho- Hollywood and Vine is is not that bad either. It's pretty solid. Uh, and with Hollywood and Vine, you have two different character experiences. Um, with with Brown Derby, like you said, you got dine with an Imagineer. Mm-hmm. With 50s Primetime, you got the Tune-In Lounge. Yeah. Um, if you just match up, you know, pound for pound, uh, I think Epcot will always be known as the, the place for food. But considering how big Epcot is and how many countries there are, and then take that compared to Hollywood Studios, and, you know, just per capita, if you want to say it that way, I think, you know, Hollywood Studios has the best per capita dining options. Uh, of all the parks, I wouldn't. Mama Melrose does not get his just due. You're right about that. 
Uh, Mama Melrose is, and then you've also got the uh, the phantasmic seating if you want to do that. Yes. Um, yes. So there's just a lot of positives on table service uh, in Hollywood Studios. Absolutely. Family. Huge fan of Mama Melrose. Mm-hmm. I I'm not a big fan of 50s primetime, and I think that's just the New Orleans in me or mm-hmm. the South Louisiana. I just don't like that Middle America like comfort foods. Just not my not not my jam. You know, I like something a little more ethnic, spicy. Make your taste buds jump. Yeah. My taste buds jump. Yeah. Um, I tell you, I'm a fan of sci-fi for the atmosphere, but also I ate there in October. Moved there in October. Mm-hmm. And I had a burger there. It was probably one of the best burgers I've had on property. And it's they make it, and it's exclusive. Like, they make their own patty, and it's made with ground chuck, brisket and short rib oh come oh, on oh wait where's that at? sci-fi right sci-fi ground chuck ground brisket and ground short rib combined together they make a burger patty this burger i had had a fried green tomato on it come on bacon come on. dude it was it was it was bad it was it was it was badass i must have been it, on the diet the day we went to that but i don't remember seeing that i don't I think i got the that. burger i i want to get the burger now me and my wife uh split the like app appetizer sampler and we split the burger and it was it was really really good for a minute here i'm, I'm gonna bond with with jimmy here on the whole idea of fi- 50 spot prime time I, that's one place i've never eaten because kind of like jimmy was just saying yeah it's i've never been big on the whole idea of the comfort food thing mm-hmm. and i understand that their angle is kind of like that whispering canyon thing which i have been to before where the the waitresses kind of get on you get your elbows off the table i've got terrible table manners my elbows are all my, my elbows are on the table as i'm talking to you right now i i can't like not offend a waitress i'm sure at, at the 50 <laughs> but i'm not into being fussed at for my like i don't feel like bannering or you know like being part of the the shtick with the that. Stick, so yeah. I've, yeah i've never but at the same time like what i've heard about it is not enough to make me like the menu and the service is not enough to make me say like oh yeah that's something i want to try one day yeah i mean the i, I enjoy the i don't mind the food there as much i mean it's not exemplary it's not great but mm-hmm. i mean but it's 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 passable it's decent Mm-hmm. But I mean, just one of the things that was on my list is uh, uh, that is served there or the tune-in lounge is the uh, the peanut butter and jelly shake. Oh, yeah, that's what they're famous for. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're famous for, and I I enjoy that shake. I'll, I'll go there. I mean, I can just get it at the lounge and, and be happy and be fine. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's I, I for me like all all the things that we list as far as restaurants is like the theming of it. I mean, it's just it's 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 unique uh, in the world as far as the different experiences you can have. I mean, you can sit in a car, you can sit in the dining room, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you, Fine dining with a brown derby, that kind of a thing. You know, was similar to the brown derby out in L.A. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Who who wants to go next? I'll, I'll go yeah. next. Okay. Right, go, you go something. next, Kevin. So one of the things I, I really like about the studios is I'm, I'm gonna lump all these in is the live entertainment. And by live entertainment, I'm you know I'm talking about the citizens of Hollywood, uh, Green Army Men, um, even the Voyage of the Little Mermaid. You know, a Voyage of the Little Mermaid is an attraction. It's a theater show, but I mean, it's it, in essence, it's a puppet show done by live performers on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're doing all those things. They're making all the uh, the characters appear. So just all the different, you know, you know, me being a big proponent of performing arts. You know, I, I definitely do appreciate the work that they do, and I love that it's all over the park. You know, yeah. so I, I just that's that's one thing that I look forward to when I go there, just seeing all those. Well, number one, those guys having a job, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, and number two, just seeing the quality of the work that they're putting forth each and every day. 
I mean, especially the the the, the kids doing the the Voyage of the Little Mermaid. I mean, that's just, that's that show. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it. But I mean, it's crackerjack timing. You yeah, know? it's we're not talking about lights or projections that just pop up. They're literally flipping uh, um, a painted uh, blacklight blacklight reflective paint uh, panels at the right time during yes. the music, especially during the Under the Sea scene. I mean, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And you got all the different effects and stuff in that show. So, yeah, kudos to them, man. Bravi, brava uh, to all that. The live entertainment just goes without saying. And, and the Green Army, man, I mean, come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I'll sit there and watch them. Every time I see them in the park, I'll just sit there and watch them. I don't even have to interact with them. I can just sit there and watch them doing their thing. No, that's what's great about them is that they free roam. You yeah. don't have to sit there and wait in line to go ahead and take a picture with them. You just walk right up to them. Mm-hmm. But uh, kind of piggybacking off what you said, I kind of like uh, I lumped in the streetmosphere uh, with uh, Hollywood Boulevard. I kind of yeah. put Hollywood Boulevard up there as a reason why the studios doesn't suck. Yeah, no, because, that's gorgeous. Because walking down Hollywood Boulevard, I mean, not only is it like probably the second best park entrance with these iconic buildings, you, know, you get the Grauman Chinese Theater at the front, you got the crossword sign at the back. Um, but you encounter this. Is, this is where you encounter the citizens of Hollywood. They're yeah. in the eh, Sunset Boulevard, but I guess as well, you you encounter them there in front of that old villain shop, which is now the. Um, oh, it escapes me. It's changed its name so many times. Um, that's where the carrot cake cookie is. Yeah. Yes, uh, sweet smells. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, point being is that yeah, the Hollywood Boulevard in and of itself. I mean, because that's where you kind of roam. And you're going to run into those citizens of Hollywood right, right yeah. out there. And, yeah, they're and usually right at those crossroads. I love watching them do their thing. I absolutely love it. I, love a, I like a lot of entertainment in the parks. Yes. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, we established the last show, yeah. Yeah. We were there in January and uh, on a short trip and got to catch Jack Diamond just as soon as he walked up and was right in front. It was only me and my family basically there for few minutes so he did a few card tricks and stuff like that and he is not only is he a great magician but he's freaking hilarious all of them are though i mean if you sit there and let them entertain i mean i, I was a little distressed like because they, they cut the public works people yeah i hadn't seen them yeah i hadn't yeah, seen them either i haven't seen them in a while same with mulch sweating uh shears right they're they're gone they're too. gone yeah they're, yeah, they're, yeah. I mean, that's the thing i mean you know you talk about live entertainment there's so little of it left and studios used to be one of the places that you could really run into it. So when you very prolific, yeah, yeah, when you run into it, it's something special. Um, one story that I finally remember: there was a guy, a streetmosphere guy. It might have been the cop, uh, but it just rained in the studios. Okay, and so I'm just sitting there, kind of on a bench, just kind of resting. And the sun has come out, you know, and the, the trees are still kind of dripping and whatnot. And so here comes this guy in a cop outfit. He has a bucket and he has a hammer. And so he, I kind of see him kind of stroll up. He walks up to the tree. He holds the bucket underneath the tree and very loudly says, clear, and smacks the piss out of the tree. And the water <laughs> falls in, you know, whatever water falls into his bucket. And then he turns around and goes to the next tree and does the exact same thing. He's doing this all the way up and down Hollywood Boulevard doing this. And people are just kind of like just staring at him. I was like, what's, what's, what's he doing? You know, and I'm like, well, he's just getting the water off the tree. <laughs> That's all he's doing. But yeah, that was one of my favorite streetmosphere memories, man, was, was just seeing that guy doing that because I didn't know what to expect. Um, what, if I could just piggyback on you were talking about Hollywood Boulevard and stuff as far as a like, look um, I kind of did Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard together uh, but at night mm. one of my favorite things about that park is seeing those two areas lit up at night with yes. all the colors you know Sunset you got the tower in the background 
Uh, you get all the different colors with the, 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 the stores and whatnot. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous to me. It I is. I just love it. And the little spotlights on the top of the crossroads, you know, yes. with the Mickey up top, just that little accent, just, you know, that's, that's one of my favorite scenes in the parks. I don't know if you guys are big fans of, of, of Starbucks in general, but that one in Hollywood Studios is by far the best themed Starbucks in all of Walt Disney World. Are you talking about the Trolley Car Cafe? Trolley, yep, trolley, yep, trolley. Oh, it's pretty, man. It's gorgeous. It I, is gorgeous. When y'all went to Rock and Roller Coaster, remember, mm-hmm. just to know that I'm not fooling around here, Lee, Eli, and Kevin went to Rock and Roller Coaster, and I said, yeah, y'all go, I'm, I'm cool here. And I stayed behind. That's where I went. And I enjoyed the hell out of the Trolley Car Cafe. Uh, it is beautifully themed. Like I said, I'd love to see them put a book section in there to kind of embody a little bit of what the writer's stop used to be. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't even realize it was a Starbucks unless you read the sign. Mm. You know, right, I mean, absolutely. it's so the, the building itself is just so pretty. It is. And you go inside and it's just like this. I could hang out here for hours. There's all great props inside if you look up. Above where they the servers are and all, there's, there's all kind of stuff in there. It's, yeah. It's great. Speaking of which, okay, so I'm going to piggyback off of what Jimmy just said as my uh, as one of my reasons why the studios doesn't suck. And this ties into what Jimmy was just talking about with the with the trolley car cafe. And I'm sure Jimmy will probably know where I'm going before I again before I even get there. But one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up was Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. and that was something that when you went to the studios in 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 younger years it was everywhere they had yeah. a, a a recreation of the acme warehouse they had the dip machine they had the the, the weasel's car you got to see so much and it, i just cannot emphasize for those who weren't around that how big of a film who framed roger rabbit was at the time so i was a huge fan of who framed roger rabbit and one thing that i love about going to the studios is still spotting to this day all the who framed roger rabbit references all around the park and one of them you know you go by echo lake you can see the maroon studios billboard that's mm-hmm. a pretty obvious one also like up above uh hollywood and vine you'll see the the valiant detective agencies which is one of my favorites because you'll see the valiant detective agency up there along with the the silhouette from roger right remember in the in the mm-hmm. film when roger jumped out the window and he leaves this roger shaped hole through yeah. the blinds and through the window and so if you look up there you'll see that 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 silhouette is still up there from when he crashed through the window up mm-hmm. in the Valiant Detective Agency. And then if you go over to the, uh, the trolley car, um, the, to the cafe, you'll, you'll see up above it is the, um, oh, the, the Pacific Electric sign. And Pacific yeah. Electric was the name of the company that owned what they called the, the red cars over in, in Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And you were supposed to get a red car uh, attraction when Roger was supposed to have his own land over there where you'd ride the trolley car. Because trolley, again, that was a big theme in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. That was a whole uh, end scene was that they were trying to, it was all about the freeway. And they were going to be phasing out the whole trolley car so that they put the Pacific Electric sign on the trolley car cafe just helps to reference it back into Roger Rabbit even that much more. And then the, the last one, like the coup de grace of Roger Rabbit references within the Hollywood studios is if you go to um, the Backlot Express, you'll find the original Benny the Cab back there. Yeah. Except you'll never recognize it because it looks nothing like Benny the Cab. But it was a, it was a gimmick that Bob Hoskins rode and pretended to drive. There was actually a guy 
behind him to his lower right that was actually driving Benny the cab and then the animators drew Benny over that little uh, that little get up and that is on proud display over at the Backlot Express you can go ahead and visit it so that is another one of my reasons why the studios doesn't suck it's because of all the Roger Rabbit references that still to this day survive that park yeah and it's like it's all like tongue in cheek like yes they the show you that it's there, the people that would look for it, but they didn't want it so obvious that that there was a true connection. Right. If you didn't know anything about it, you wouldn't even know what you were looking at. Even if you're looking at a big silhouette of a rabbit crashed through a window, one floor up on the Hollywood and Vine, you you still, you'd have to know who Eddie Valiant was in order to make the connection that that was from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yep, I agree. Yeah. No, absolutely. Awesome. Jimmy, you, you got one? Um... I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say the Beauty and the Beast live on stage. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Didn't make my list, but that's good. No, that's a good show. I think it's a fantastic performance. Look, it's not something I need to see every time, but it's a, it's, you know, it's pretty much close to Broadway level performance. I think for the casual visitor who goes once every, once or, you know, once every, once a year, once every two years. I think it, I, I don't know if it's a must do every time, but you know it's definitely a good show. No, absolutely, yeah. No, that, that's definitely a top quality show. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it didn't make my list, but I, I could put that in there with the live entertainment because there there are live yeah. actors and everything else doing that. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. It's that's a good show. It's been around for a while too. <laughs> it's been down there since before Phantasmic came online too. Yeah, I've only seen it once. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I saw it one time also and, and I didn't need to see it again, but am I remembering correctly that the seats were really uncomfortable like a cement bench yep. type seating? Yeah, they're bleacher <laughs> kind of things without backs, yeah. Are they bleachers? So they're like metal bleachers? Or they're metal bleachers. Mm-hmm. I okay, I couldn't remember. I just remember it being kind of uncomfortable like <laughs> sitting there for that amount of time. You know, I mean, I, so you think that's what separates a show like that? That's a pretty darn good show. To this is my favorite, and this is a little off topic, but my favorite show in Walt Disney World is Finding Nemo the Musical. Okay. And or do you think that separates those shows because Beauty and the Beast is in an amphitheater in Florida and it's hot as hell, where Nemo's in a big air conditioned building? I think it does because uh, in, in with Nemo inside the air conditioned building, they have a lot more allowances for effects and things they want to pull off versus the amphitheater kind of limited um because they the things that they they can pull up i mean they're limited by what they can do to pull off because of the you know restraints with weather and the fact that they're outside and the temperature and everything else like that whereas you have more of a control environment in the theater with finding nemo well right and just polarity standpoint like you know what? If it's a hundred degrees outside, I may not want to go sit in the amphitheater and watch Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, but I'd probably be yeah. happy to go inside and watch Finding Nemo. Oh right, mm-hmm. right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think what separates it too, it's not just the, the the weather. I mean, that's that's obviously a huge part of it. But it, yeah, it's it's more like what you were talking about, Kevin, with the special effects, like the the puppetry that you get to see, like the. Uh, the intricacies of the uh, of the puppets that you get to see used on stage with Finding Nemo as compared to characters in costume. It's basically what you get mm-hmm. over at Beauty and the Beast. So yeah, I, I would I, I, yeah I would put Finding Nemo above even if it wasn't for the outside weather. I'd still put Finding Nemo I think above uh, if we're just talking about the show elements itself. Show uh, elements, so you, you know, yeah, the seating environment. Mm-hmm. 
the comfortableness of the theater. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, another thing that I like about the studios. Okay. Um, going back to Indiana Jones, I'm going to throw this one out there. What am I? Stunt show? Things? Yeah, the stunt show, but not the stunt show. Right outside the stunt show, you had that little sign that says, don't pull rope. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Every time I go to that park, I pull rope. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I, and that but, is not any kind of sexual innuendo whatsoever, Not right? whatsoever. No, I, I, I ignore the sign and I go for it. And I, I'm, sometimes it works. Well, they have not crossed off. <laughs> yeah, they have not crossed. That's true. So it says, do pull the rope. And sometimes you, the, the sound effect works and sometimes it doesn't. But still, <laughs> I'm going to pull it with the hopes that it's going to work. It is a little so, aged. Yeah. Sometimes you really have to yank on the rope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you really got to pull it hard. You got to tug yes. that rope. Yes. But um, yeah, no, no, that's one of my neat little details of that park is that. All right, so I'm going to go with a, a different uh, approach to that, Kevin. I'm going to go with the, the fact that one of the reasons that the studios doesn't suck is because it was Walt's idea. Yeah. The, the whole studios that you're looking at right now was originally a Walt Disney idea. This is what Walt wanted. Walt Disney's very first idea for a theme park was a tour of his Burbank studios with attractions included in it. That's what he wanted to build originally, and his ideas got to be so much where they realized they needed a, a, a bigger piece of land to make it happen. But uh, that was originally what Walt wanted. He, Walt knew that the public had an interest in how these films, these movies were made. How, what was the process? How did they come from page to screen? And Walt had designs on making his studio into a theme park. That's what he wanted to do. And, and just that Disney, Disneyland outgrew his ideas. So anytime somebody says, ah, the Hollywood studios, that, that, that's a stupid thing to do. Universal already does it. Well, no, Walt thought of it first. Yep. Yeah. No, that's, I like it. Jimmy, you got one? Or? Um, pizza, Rizzo, pizza, Rizzo. Ah, the former Pizza Planet. I never got to eat there. We tried to eat there, but they closed on us. Pizza Planet? Yes, the or former Pizza Rizzo. Yeah. Yeah, so, it, I mean, that's one of the things that kind of sucks about it. It does close at 4 o'clock. Yes. But there, there's not a whole lot going on back there. I mean, it's only Muppet Vision and Mama Melrose. That's the only things back there now. But um, how is the pizza? I've heard it sucked. I thought it was... Okay. I mean, it's standard yeah. Disney pizza, but I got a meatball sub there that was great. And uh, okay. and the theming is pretty darn good. Yeah, I would I would believe that. So, I mean, I think so. it's more about the atmosphere than the food. I think it's standard Disney individual pizzas, which to me wasn't terrible, but it, it you know, didn't light the world on fire either. But you're definitely going there for the atmosphere, not the food. Good to know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's always been weird to me how they went ahead and they named their restaurant Pizza Rizzo after a character that Steve Whitmire made famous and then went ahead and fired Steve Whitmire. I want to say either right around the time it opened or right before it opened was about when they when they canned Steve Whitmire as the voice of Kermit. Huh. Because Steve Whitmire is the person who embodied that, that was Rizzo the Rat. Steve Whitmire, when Jim Henson was still alive, that's what he was famous for doing, was voicing Rizzo the Rat. And so I kind of thought, like, oh, Pizza Rizzo, they're giving Steve a little love in the in the studios. And then not too long later, I want to say, I want to say it was afterwards they fired him. But yeah. Maybe Steve didn't want the pizza shop. Yeah, maybe, 
maybe Steve complained about the pizza. Who knows? Something like that. He wanted a charcuterie shop or something. <laughs> a little bit of cheese. Looks yeah, stuff like that. Cool. All right. So, so I'm kind of rounding out my list. I'm going to th- throw one out there, and I'm just going to say the background music in general throughout that part. Oh, they do have some great music. I yeah. love, you know, you're strolling down, like even, you know, how seamlessly it transitions from where you're going. And yeah, they, Disney does that in all the parks, but man, uh, it really works well, I think, in that park. You know, mm-hmm. like going down Sunset, you're going down Hollywood Boulevard, you're going in the Star Tours area when you, as you're approaching Tower of Terror, you make the left going to Rock and Roller Coaster. I mean, the, the soundscape is just... Yeah, I love it. My ear gravitates to it. It makes me happy. No, you know, I'm, I love hearing it. I could just stroll there. Like, there's sometimes, well, I'll do the late show, Fantasmic. Mm-hmm. And then, so I'll, by the time we get out, you know, it's like the park's pretty much closed. And so you're just kind of leisurely strolling towards the exit and you're just hearing the music still playing, you know, with the lights. It's, that's one of my favorite experiences for that park. No, absolutely. Yeah. Have you been in a position where you could hear both? Because I can't think of ever a time that I have. In that park? No. <laughs> like when you're making the turn from Hollywood Studios going over the, I mean, from Tower Terror area to a rock and roller coaster, is there other, ever a point where you, you could hear out your left ear kind of the Aerosmith music and out your right ear kind of that 40s jazz? Or, I don't think I've ever had, I don't think I've ever heard both. Like, is there any point that you can stand and kind of almost hear both? I, I can't say I've ever experienced that yeah, nothing at all. Pops not even turning on to Sunset, not even going towards that fork of either Rock and Roller Coaster or Tower of Terror. I mean, they've got those speakers aimed in such a manner that it's like, it just switches. It's the same thing as most parks. When you transition from land to land, like I, you don't even notice it right away. Like I, I barely ever notice it. Oh my God, the music's changed. Or anything. Like it's kind of something that you kind of pick up on afterwards. I wonder if that's just con- like a human brain condition or if that's in like, obviously there must be some type of buffer where there's no sound at all, mm-hmm. but I wonder if it fades in as you walk closer to the land where it's softer when you first get to that transition and then kind of the volume picks up as you walk in. I think that makes the most sense. I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. Cause I know like, like in the Sanger, um, when those Broadway shows come through, I mean, those speakers are the different speakers that they have located are firing at different rates so mm-hmm. that the, the sound for the people at the very top of the balcony is arriving at the same time as the people that are sitting right in front of the stage. Mm-hmm. So that technology is there to where you can time it. Uh, so I've got to imagine that they've got it to where they can aim the speakers in a certain way to where you don't uh, hear both at the same time unless mm-hmm. you go one way or the other and creating thus creating somewhat of a buffer zone. Well, do we have any other things we want to add to the list or any honorable mentions or anything else that we left off that we haven't I got mentioned? one more. Yeah? Go ahead. Well, now I'm going to let you go and then I'm gonna, uh, and, and I'll tell you mine. Okay. All right. Unless you take mine. Okay. Um, no, I doubt I'm going to take, take yours because this is more of a personal matter for me. Um, to me, and, and this might just be a personal thing, I'm sure people can look at this and kind of poke holes in it, but to me... Uh, the reason the studios doesn't suck is because it's it's kind of a monument to the Eisner years. You know, uh, when Michael Eisner took over that park, I mean, that was the promise of the Disney decade that came along with it, where you got the water parks. Hollywood Studios came first, but not too far afterwards. You got Pleasure Island, you got um, 
Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Alien Encounter, Indiana Jones. He started making deals with Jim Henson and George Lucas. You got Star Tours coming into the parks. And it all kind of started with Michael Eisner's Hollywood Connection because that's what he, he was a Hollywood guy. He came from Paramount. Yeah. yeah, so there you go, right off the bat. So it was his influence that kind of led to this, what kind of led to this resurgence in Disney, which saw, you know, The Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and Lion King and all that stuff. So when I look at the, the Hollywood studios still to this day, I Michael Eisner's handprints are all over that thing. And Do you know I, that kind of happened? Huh? The reason he did it is because, and this is more of the corporate side, which most people don't look at, is that... Disney before that was severely undervalued and it was ripe for the picking for a hostile takeover. Right. Mm-hmm. When Michael Eisner went in there, he expanded it and raised prices and did all kind of crazy things to make it to run its value up. And that's what kept it from being hostily taken over by another company. Mm-hmm. And people wonder why they do that type of stuff. Like, oh, why is Disney buying Fox? Well, because there was rumors that Apple was going to try and buy Disney. Oh, yeah, I remember so, that. If he goes by Fox, it runs their value up. It makes it much tougher for somebody like Apple to buy Disney. Mm-hmm. So that's that's part of the reason it was done is to, to keep the... And that's I think that that's where the connection between Roy Disney and Michael Eisner, I think that's why they were so close because Roy... Michael Eisner was the business guy and Roy wanted to keep it... Disney, Disney, and not let it just get bought up. Well, up until Roy tried to throw Michael out, but <laughs> that's a different that really story. At all. Yeah, well, that, you guys, you, that came down to not just Roy and Michael, but Jeffrey Katzenberg, and it, that was a big debacle. But that happened later. Yeah. In, oh yeah. The, the relationship was very good in the beginning, and actually, it was Roy and Michael, and then Katzenberg was kind of on the outside. Well, you, he did things too. And that's what I was trying to point to with this is that that's what this represented to me. It's like, you know, I can't remember when uh, Eisner came along. I wanted to say it was like 85 or something like that. But it was really with the opening of the studios that all of a sudden, like, you, you kind of saw Michael Eisner's first really big uh, legacy being left with the Disney company of starting to, to broker these deals and, and starting to bring in outside elements into the park, bring in Indiana Jones, bring in the Muppets, bring in Star Wars. All that started with Michael Eisner. Up until then, it was purely Disney. Everything that was in a Disney park was something that Disney had owned and created. And that's what I find... Uh, so remarkable about what Michael Eisner achieved, and I know he's a controversial figure because you know he has his good and his bad, and Lord knows, yeah, Lord knows that he didn't finish out that Disney decade never quite materialized. And I think a lot of people point to the death of Frank Wells and a lot of other outer factors. You can go pick up Disney War, and it's all spelled out there. But uh, <laughs> there's a lot of factors as to why the whole thing went wrong. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Jimmy. Watch Waking Sleeping Beauty. Oh, yeah, oh there's yeah, another yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. There's another one for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the, a lot of people forget that there was a, a heyday of Disney that that was brought about by Michael Eisner, and we got a lot of great attractions out of that. Got great movies. Yeah, a, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good things happened at first. I mean, it's like a divorce. I mean, you remember all the bad times, but the, at the very beginning, there was a lot of good times. And I Dude. prefer to remember like what Michael Eisner did to help uh, bring Disney back to the forefront. Yeah. I mean, we grew up during those times, you know? Right. People criticize Bob Iger. And, you know, you talk about Michael Eisner. 
making all these relationships and bringing all these all these partnerships into the park. And then Bob Iger comes along and says, you know what? Let's just buy them all, basically, is what yeah. he did. So he took all those partnerships that Michael Eisner laid out that they had the groundwork for, and you got these partnerships, and he just went and bought those companies. So Pixar and Lucasfilms and uh, you know Marvel and now Fox. And so it's like, God, it, it's amazing. And uh, I, again, I, I can't tell you how great of a documentary Waking Sleeping Beauty is, and it, I think it's so great because it's not something that looks – it's not like a – book that or a movie that looks back mm-hmm. it was during the time yeah they had yeah. actual footage from the times it was funny it was right in the middle of it all it's not like something that said hey look at this is what happened no they there's video of exactly what happened when it happened oh, so it's it w- very- i want to say like earlier when we we're talking about the, the magic of disney animation closing i want to say that's covered in the film when they when uh, animation pulled out of orlando I believe it is. I, I believe, believe you're right. Yeah, when, when you know the the studio stopped. Like, it, look, the magic of Disney animation existed long after the magic was gone, right? And they changed into the show with with Mushu, and then it became mm-hmm. like an interactive exhibit afterwards, where you created, a, and it, it was a dumbed down version of, of what it originally turned out to be until it was nothing like it used to be. Um, but yeah, that's also covered in the film. Uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty is. is uh, magnificent film and it really it's powerful i mean the relationship i'd love to have a a, a different discussion at some point in time because we haven't heard when bob Iger's going to be stepping down rumor was it was supposed to be coming up soon Mm -hmm. but maybe not so much anymore but i'd like the position he extends you know he said he's gonna he's gonna stay a little longer yeah, good for him. <laughs> Finish out what he started. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. No, I'd like to get into that at a later discussion. Yeah. and Because and, and, we could certainly do it now, but it, it, I think it deserves to be talked about later. Is Bob Iger, uh, Bob, how Bob Iger's done. Yeah, the state of, the state of Bob Iger's yeah. parks. Right. Going back to the original topic, I just have one more. Yeah, cool. I think it's my number one. Okay, mm. I like it reason Hollywood Studios does not suck is the future. And to quote Walt Disney, around here, we don't look back. Mm-hmm. We keep forward. So I think that's why it doesn't suck. Because right now it's in a terrible state, but I have so much hope. I can't wait to see it in three years. Yeah, I'm glad you said the word hope, Jimmy, because that's one of the things I had written on my list was the word hope. <laughs> that is line number 14, hope. Well, Jimmy, you know, I, rebellions were built on hope. It's true. That's a very good point. You know, I, I think that, you know, they started building Avatar Land, what, like 15 years ago? Yeah, at least. <laughs> it took them forever to do that. So, and I think of me riding flight of passage that i will tell you now is the best theme park attraction i've ever ridden in my life and that technology is at least as old as when they started building that so if it's advanced at all since then the what star wars land is going to be is it's going to be incredible yeah we'll find out in in a little while 2019, right? 2019. The, the, the future's bright. The future. Well, I don't know about bright, but there's always the future. Yeah. You know, I, I, I worry about it. like a Toy Story Land. I don't know. Jory's out. Like I've seen the concept art. 
I have hope that it'll be good. There's a part of me that worries that it's just going to be a better theme, Chester and Hester. Uh, I, I think I'm going to be wrong. I hope I'm going to be wrong on that because I, I don't think that they could possibly do that again. But I also don't see anything that's like, ooh, I'm dying to ride that. Yeah. Ooh, I, I, you know, that just, that looks like such a great ride. It looks like a kitty land. Uh, we can get, in, we can get yeah, into yeah, it at yeah, a different yeah. time, different time, different time. All right. But I, all right. So let's get an honorable mention real quick. All right. Honorable mention. It does have uh, one of the reasons it doesn't suck is it does have the largest hidden Mickey that any of the parks have in it. That was one of mine. Yep. Yeah, that was one of yours. Is your honorable mm-hmm. mention? Yep. It's still kind of it. being seen. Yeah. It's kind of sorta. I mean, it's kind of like a. It's. A, I guess it's a uh, abstract hidden Mickey now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At one time, it was a great hidden Mickey. But it was now- a- it was a beautiful hidden Mickey. Now you got you got to squint a little bit harder to see it, but it's still there. It's still obvious that that was the intent. A little imagination, but yes. it was it was planned to be there by Imagineers. So I would I think it still qualifies. I, I do too. Yeah, I, I I I third that. I definitely definitely great honorable mention because that's something I look forward to. I look on Google Earth and I can see it. Yes, you know. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one of my things. Um, one of my honorable mentions is the Jedi Training Academy. Yes. Or now, I guess, called the Trials of the Temple. Yeah. That uh, kind of deal. I mean, you know, if I was a little kid, I would definitely want to do that. Great. And, and none of us brought up the uh, the Jedi, uh, the, what do you call it? The, um, oh, my God, the place where you meet Kylo Ren. And, and oh, the Launch Bay? There you go. Yeah. Launch Bay. None yeah. of us brought up the Launch Bay either. There's a reason I didn't bring it up is because that's what took over... Uh, Magic of Disney animation, and it's it's hard for me to let go of that. Even even in its lesser years, there was still an Art of Disney store right over there that I love to go to. That they took over for it, so that's why I never brought it up. It was yeah. Just because I remember what used to be there, and I liked it better. Uh, having said that, the free roaming Jawas was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, th- there is an element to that, but it, it, I couldn't put it as an as a reason per se. But it, it's up there as an honorable mention. Sure, free roaming Jawas, man. Free roaming Jawas. Yes, my my daughter got to meet a Jawa. Jawas are cool. Let's see what what uh, any any other honorable mentions, guys. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, Pixar place. And I know that's going to sound hypocritical from coming from a guy who does not like Toy Story Mania, mm-hmm. uh, but I love the recreation that they did. Like as a Pixar fan, well, as soon as I would watch uh, Toy Story, Finding Nemo, Bugs Life, uh, you know, even the first Cars, over and over and over again, I'd watch the DVD extras. I was a huge Pixar fan. Yeah. Um, Ratatouille was one of my favorites, and I knew what the Pixar campus looked like in my head and to see them that they've recreated with Pixar place, like a, a pretty good recreation of the Pixar campus in Emeryville, California with Pixar place. When you see it, it's amazing to walk through. Uh, when you walk through the gates with the Pixar sign mm-hmm. and then you see the building for Toy Story Mania and that's loosely based upon the, the Pixar building. Yeah. Hey, what are you coming in to sign off? I thought you said you weren't coming. Eli just walked in the door. <laughs> well, no one can hear you because you're off mic and you're explaining it to an audience that can't hear you. You might as well get on the microphone. I would just, can I get a beer? You can get a beer? I don't, I'm sorry. Y'all want to sign off? I just... <laughs> oh, no, no, he was just, uh, Eli, Danny was just in the middle of his thing. 
I forgot where I was at. Um, one of my other mentions is oh, what used to be One Man's Dream, now Walt Disney Presents. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, all the different artifacts that are in that. I guess, I mean, for like, that's gone too now, right? I thought Walt Disney Presents was still there, wasn't it? Still there. Yeah, it's still there. Okay. Yeah, they changed it up a little bit. It used to be One Man's Dream. Now cool. they do like previews and stuff in the theater. Oh, that's right, because they had the preview art for the Toy Story, right? Yeah, they had the Toy yep. Story Land, the preview art there, and they had the, you know, even the maquettes of the roller coasters. And they also do movie previews and stuff in that theater as well. They'll play uh, One Man's Dream movie sometimes. Yeah, if there's movie, if there's no movie that they're promoting there. Yeah, it's a, it's on rotation with a bunch of different stuff, so mm-hmm. it's actually kind of cool. But yeah, uh, just to have that a museum like that here, since I can't make it out to the family museum or anything right, else like right. that, um, is I, I guess I, I can lump it too. Um, to have something like that here is pretty cool, as well as I was gonna, I'm going to go ahead and say Fantasmic. Yeah, the one at Disneyland's better, you know. But yes. at the same time, the fact that I, when I go to my park here, I can still kind of see it. You know, maybe not in the same environment as like you know the lagoon in yeah. Disneyland, which makes a, you know kind of makes a, kind of a big difference. Well, one um, of the few nighttime shows you can sit down and enjoy. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, absolutely, fantastic. And you know, I've never been to Disneyland, so I don't know what I'm missing. But the music's fantastic, and it's still probably a good representation. Oh, Jimmy, you're missing a lot. Jamie, I'm, I'm going to give you recommendations. You gave me awesome recommendations. you got to go to Disneyland. You, you, you're going to go to Disneyland, and you're going to be like, eh, what is this Disney World thing? I'm not, what, what is that? You can get a direct flight from Moisant all the way to uh, John Wayne. It's Mecca, dude. If you're a Disney fan, Disney it, Disneyland is like going to Mecca. You make your seven circles around <laughs> Sleeping Beauty's <laughs> castle. <laughs> you, know, you throw the stones at the Matterhorn. It's, it's, it's an amazing... <laughs> one on our podcast that are like you know probably we kind of have a rotating cast so we get five of us and i think i'm the only one that's never been to disneyland oh man yeah yeah you gotta go we can go together jimmy we'll 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 plan a we'll plan a trip together let's do it bro i mean toad's out there man toad's still out there toad yeah toad i I know that's like maybe like the tip of the iceberg right there but roly had the better toad down here that's true, but I mean, it's Toad still lives on there versus the one that we Matterhorn, lost. Matterhorn, Pinocchio, Storybook Canal, Hatbox Ghost, Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland. That's another the one. The walk around Big Thunder. Yes, <laughs> the fact that you can walk around, Big dude, Thunder. that you can touch the mountain of Big Thunder. Like it's so close that you can just reach out and touch it. I, that that it, that was such a mind trip. That wait a minute, I'm that close to Big Thunder Mountain. Are you serious? I can. I can tell Radiator Springs. I mm. mean, oh my God. It's uh, the firehouse where Walt lived. Yeah, no, you got to go. You got to go. The magic house where, where Steve Martin worked. Ooh, make so it happen. I think we've exhausted all our reasons as at, at the moment. And uh, I think we have. Eli, do you have a reason why? Is Eli on mic? He's on mic. Do, oh, wait, you, wait, do you have on. a reason why? I know you have. Wait, haven't. hold on a second. Let me get him on mic. You've been dealing with a family emergency. I'll, everything worked out. Uh, but do you have a reason uh, that the studios uh, doesn't suck? Oh yeah, I had, I had a I had a few. I, I yeah, sorry, I was a it was a it was a mess going on there. But uh, yeah, well, for you probably have covered most of the reasons. Right, I'm, right. I'm I was gonna, I was going to say next if you if you got on. Yeah, something. just go, go, go ahead. Yeah. Run down your list. Run quick. down real quick. Oh yeah, really quick. One uh, time. It's a, it's a good thing to do next. if you got a half a day. Next. Uh, also, you can uh, see some cool rides next. and uh, you can walk around and see everything next. in one day. And it's cool to be behind the covered. scenes and see how stuff was looking. Done. And uh, they have good <laughs> beer. 
All covered. Okay, thank you for your. I love. I love to chip in when I can. There you go. How you, you got You got to end with beer. With beer. Yes. Uh, you haven't met him yet, Jimmy. We have Jimmy Horn on the line from the Disney Nerds podcast. Oh. This is Eli from from us. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing, man? Thank you for holding it down for me, man. Appreciate that. No, I do what I can. Thank you. So I'm curious to know what the listeners think, man. Definitely get in touch with us, and uh, we're about to tell you what to how to do that. guys we hope you enjoyed that discussion about the hollywood studios if you want to learn more about the magic away podcast magicaway.com is the way to go there you'll find our social media links past episodes and more you can also get in touch with us through the following ways you can shoot us an email at show at magicaway.com you can call or text us at 1-815-MAWEEKEN that is 1-815-MAWEEKEN Six six nine four two two six. You finished a little early. I that. did, I did. It's just a little early. <laughs> <laughs> or you can leave a voicemail via our SpeakPipe widget on our homepage. And of course, we've got a couple guys to do things outside of the podcast. First of all, since Eli's here, he can do his own promo. Eli, tell him what you got going on, sir. Man, you showed up just in time for a cheap plug. That's me showing up right when it needs to be done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'll make it. I'll make it quick though. Um, as always, just go to www.ivorycomics.com. Check out some artwork. Check out some blogs. Links to this podcast, as always. Uh, Facebook.com. Eli H. Ivory. Right on there. Uh, Project Geisha has on Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Project Geisha. Instagram, eivory504. And Twitter, Hancock10166. So I always got a story, and I'm always searching for the glory. So keep supporting the arts, guys. Thank you. And if you want to travel to Walt Disney World and check out Hollywood Studios to formulate your own opinions about it, uh, you can do so through Lee. Lee, tell him what you got going on. All right. Uh, as always, you can reach me at 413-349-8747. That's 413-STUDIO-SUCKS, S-T-D-S-S-U-X. Um, check me out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Travel. That's L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A Travel. And you can always email me at lee at magicourway.com. Um, yeah, and if you want to get out to the studios now, see the, maybe see a little before and after shot before Toy Story and all that gets in there, we can definitely make that happen. So uh, just give me a call, and we'll get you hooked up and booked up with a no. Hasovica! Thank you for coming on, Eli. I couldn't have done it without you. Uh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate all that goodwill. Like, here we are trying to do a show that we are saying, hey, we're not hating on the studios, and then you sign off with studios suck. Just tanks it. <laughs> he said he slid that in, though. It was really smooth, though. It yeah. was. It was. Like a knife. Yes. With butter on it. Like a shank. <laughs> and, of course, we want to thank Jimmy for coming on the show. Man, Jimmy, let our listeners know what you got going on, sir. How they can find you. They can check us out at the Disney Nerds Podcast.com, the Disney Nerds Podcast on Facebook, at the Disney Nerds on Twitter, and at the Disney Nerds Podcast on Instagram. And did we make clear <laughs> that he is also a New Orleans uh, native? I don't did think we? we made it clear enough, but we, yes, he is a local New Orleanian. Yes. Who that? Go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Enough said. That's a, what other proof do you need right there? Okay. What cool. other proof do you need? So we're good. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely have those links on our show notes. We definitely appreciate it. Usually my sign-off on our live stream, and sometimes on the podcast, is Bonne nuit les gens. Good night, people. There you go. 
Uh huh. I like it's it. On. I like it. I like it. Well, guys, if you want to support, and a Papu Dome to you too, sir. <laughs> and a crawfish. And a Justin Wilson. <laughs> and a Luke Wilson. And a John Bet. Wait, no. Not and an Emerald and a Gossip to you too. <laughs> we'll leave Besh out of that discussion. <laughs> what? What did he do? A lot. Oh no! <laughs> Another oh, no. one. Yeah, I'm I'm just, thank God I don't follow the news anymore. <laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, if you want to support the show as a whole, you can do so through the following ways. You can click on our affiliate links on our website. You can also buy some beignets and support the show that way. You can also represent the Weekend Nation wherever you go by purchasing some clothing from our shop. And also, the easiest way to do it is to leave a rating review in iTunes or wherever you download the show, whether it's Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play, etc. And also remember, we are part of the BS Podcast Network, whose motto is, we speak our minds so you don't have to, so be sure to support our partners in podcasting over there. And of course, guys, we thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us and making us a part of your Disney fan life. We appreciate you and love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are welcome on the Magigory Podcast, so get in touch with us today. So, my weekends, ladies and gentlemen, we say Quaharini. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. Uh, uh, Jimmy, go ahead and say your thing. And this is Jimmy from the Disney Nerds Podcast. <laughs> oh, the, 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 the other thing, the bon The ha ha ha. Thanks, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Bon Noël, les gens. Good night, people. Magic out. I have every intention of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with tacos, brisket burgers. The necessities of Mother Nature's recipe. Hey guys. Hey, you hear that? Yeah. Yes. You know what that is? Tony Bennett? It is Tony Bennett. Oh man, Italians recognizing Italian. You know what song <laughs> he likes that? What song is he singing? Well, the song that Lee couldn't sing when he was trying to do it for the navigator. Oh wow. Hey, but do you know what I'm listening it on? This is Mad Hatter Radio, which is an radio, online radio station of Disney fan stuff that we have partnered up with, man. How you like that? Partners here on the Gulf Coast, Magic Carway and Mad Hatter Radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, creative buffs on radio stuff. That's like right. It. Yeah, it's good. It's another outlet. Uh huh. You know, it, it, it's it, what's good about it. Yeah, let me tell you what's good. But you hear Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. But you could probably hear Bare Necessities done by like a, a metal group, a heavy metal group. You could mm-hmm. probably hear a country version of this. Oh wow! You could probably hear like a funk version, James Brown type of. Hey! Give me a Bare Necessities. <laughs> oh, get on, get up again. Oh yeah. You know? Hot tub. What you say now, <laughs> Disney? That's right. You can hear that all on the station, man. It's, <laughs> they don't just give you the normal spiels and 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 r- attraction sounds, but they give you. Every creative variation that other artists have taken to the standard Disney songs, like Tony Bennett right here, this yeah. little jazzy version of the Bare Necessities. You know. I'm thinking about Goodfellas right now. I don't know why. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. Well, hey, listen to this station, okay? It's good for you. It's good for me. It's going to go ahead. It's going to help you out. It's going to make me out. It's going to be really good. Okay? Man had a radio, bada bing, bada boom. Just do it, huh? <laughs> <laughs>